Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! To the win! All right, we're back. Dunks and Discourse. Jabari held it down last week without me. I believe Ty Windish hopped on. Shouts to Ty. Jabari, how you doing, man? Not bad. Absolutely shouts to Ty. I appreciated him joining. I'm glad to have you back, though. Yeah, so we got, I mean, we got a lot of things we want to do on this pod. We want to talk some Warriors. I want to crap on Silicon Valley a little bit. Um, we have, we kind of want to send some good vibes. So we have, you know, a few follows for each team in the Eastern Conference that we're going to share today and then next week we'll, we'll share the vibes with the western conference so some followers that we like in the western conference we'll get to that second half of the episode there are some changes coming to the podcast we'll talk about that um second half of the episode as well but uh let, let's start with golden state jabari because i'm <laughs> <Right>? seeing <laughs> i'm seeing a lot of dialogue on what the warriors should and shouldn't do and how Steve Kerr is actually a terrible coach because he doesn't play Wiseman more um, and he can't play Steph 38 or 39 minutes every night instead of 36. And it's interesting because half of their fan base is like, I've seen terrible teams. This isn't even that bad. And half their fan base is like, this is completely unacceptable. We've totally betrayed Steph Curry. This franchise is actually terrible. Every decision the front office has made has been bad. Um, So where are you there? I'm at the place where I feel like they they tried to hold it together, you know, a little bit long. I understand, given the way that it went, you know, given the way that you know, they they literally you know had it taken away from them, you know, by injury. I understand, but the truth of the matter is this: a few years ago, we started having this conversation. As a matter of fact, I think I'll, I won't go three years, but I, I know it, within the last two years, I said they should have they should have considered blowing it up. They still need to do that. I recognize, you know, that you, that you that you you want to honor Clay, you know, given what he's meant to the organization, and you want to honor these guys. But the truth is, you've got a 33, you know, going on 34 year old Steph who's still very very good. I agree with the sentiment that. Uh, you know, this isn't you know this isn't like the, the the gutter franchise situation, but at the same time, they are not that you know they, they aren't Tiffany anymore. So they need to understand that. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued with all of this. Like, mm-hmm. at first, at first glance, I think I, I see takes like we're wasting Steph, or Steph deserves better, or this front office has betrayed Steph, and I'm like, how many of the other guys? get the team around them that Steph has had. Like, uh, I mean, do they, do they? does he really deserve better? Did, have they really failed him in any, any way? Like, he's got three championship rings. He went to five finals. Um, I, I, I'm what? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm no, just struggling I, with that a bit. I understand that it, because you know, th- those are folks that are speaking you know, with their heart, and when we, and, and we have to factor that in when whenever fans are having conversations about their team, and you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure I'm certain you have been guilty of it as well. But that's what that is. They haven't failed him, but I, I will say I haven't loved a lot of the moves they've made over the last couple of years. To be honest with you, the, them trying to you know keep the band together has hurt them moving forward, and it has well, hurt them in the immediate. But like I don't know, two years ago we were talking about like shouldn't. Because of what Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry meant to this franchise, we talked about two years ago, like no matter even if this team was good or bad, 
shouldn't shouldn't they all have a right to just stay and be part of this team and like be celebrated until the end of their careers? I think we were on the same page of like that's a reasonable path, that's a reasonable way to go. And now they're here and people are mad at it. And well, like they wanted it both ways. They yeah, they did. They want But like Zach Lowe made the point in his podcast this week that like they got super lucky and that the Wolves had to get D'Lo because of the relationship with Towns. So really, like, they could be sitting there with D'Angelo Russell right now, too, eating more cap space in the state. But, like, because, you know, that situation, they have a great pick coming this year. They have Wiseman, who I still think is going to be a really good player. I, mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not down on Wiseman. Are you down on Wiseman? No, the only people that are down on him are people that they expect a 19-year-old that's only played in 40 games since high school to be, you know, you know to be a world beater simply because they want him to be. Well, I just you know, I, the the tears just aren't proportional on the timeline. Like, yeah. the, the, imagine being the the Timberwolves or the Knicks or the Kings or the Magic. Like you, you you're living in a penthouse crying about poverty. It, it's it's. It's it's embarrassing to be honest, and like I like on, on the idea that they're done, are, like what if I mean they they have Wiseman he gets a little bit better over the summer they have some some lottery draft picks in the draft that everyone's really excited about Clay comes back how far away do we think they are, like do you think that this team can compete next year with some growth and and, and the addition of some new rookie blood or are they like they're way off this team's never going to compete again and they really should blow it all up. If we're talking about competing at the level that they were, you know, a few years ago, no. And I, and I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm just I'm, I'm making that point. Uh, but, yes, they can they can be a competitive team. Anytime you have, you know, <laughs> Curry still being Curry, uh, if Clay can be, you know, who knows what he's going to be. But if he can come back and just and be an effective player, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, that's important. But yeah, I, I guess it's it's really a matter of, you know, what are the level? You know, what is the level of expectation? If your expectation is that they're going to be world beaters, no, uh, I, I do not believe that. But if you think, if you're asking if they could be a playoff team that can compete, yeah, I, I think they, I think they absolutely have the chance for that. So, I guess the thing though is like, who wants? How many teams want Draymond Green, and are willing to actually give something up for him? Because, you know, Draymond Green's effort over eighty-two is has been suspect for years. And then, like, Draymond's a ceiling raiser. So maybe if he likes the team he's going to and they have a chance to win, I think he could add a lot to your franchise. Mm-hmm. If you're anywhere below that, I think he's dead weight. Um, I, I don't know what, what's on the table for Draymond. Like a first in matching salary, maybe? I, yeah. Like, are you getting two or three picks for Draymond? I don't think so. You're not. Uh, and, and I'm sitting here as you're asking, as you were, you know, going through that, trying to think of a team that he would fit with, you know, in the way that you, you know, you would actually benefit from, you know, from trade Portland. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Portland is the team I think of. But then again, again, like, what are they giving up? Um, yeah. Like, they're not giving you CJ for him. So, like, that no. conversation can stop. So, let me, let me walk, let me walk this. Kate Clay's coming back from the two worst possible injuries you could have as a basketball player. Yep. He's over 30. Okay, I, he he said that he's not going to be the same guy. I don't I don't I don't know what to expect. I don't want to say he's done. I don't want to be like super negative, but like yeah, Clay's probably never an All Star again. Is, is is probably the baseline. Like he's a good player for a couple more years, but expecting him, you know, to carry the team like what he did before as like running the most miles in the NBA and being like insanely quick off screens and like guarding mm-hmm. up and down. I think those days are probably done. Right, it, it it would be unfair to expect that. Yeah, and if he, look, if he can cap, you know, recapture any of it, that's incredible, and I'd be happy for him. But it would be unrealistic to expect it. 
It just, it just seems unlikely. And yeah. and the guy is owed thirty eight million twenty twenty two, forty million twenty twenty two twenty three, forty three mm. million twenty twenty three twenty four. So I, I don't even know. Like, if, if Clay comes out and looks terrible, that might be dead money. That, yeah, like, I, man, I don't know. I, I really so, hope that's not the case. Jeez. So if you're saying you want a full rebuild, the guy that people are excited about is Steph Curry, who's expiring next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just, I was kind of playing with this. Yes, I was thinking about it. I was like, if the Warriors really, truly felt. And I think they would have to feel, one, that they aren't close at all. And mm-hmm. two, that the combination of their picks this year, Wiseman, Wiggins, um, Draymond, whoever, could not get them something else to play with Steph. But I, I don't know that it will. Like I, I don't think that Minnesota is going to send over Carl Anthony Towns for their pick back. It's, I don't think that's happening. It's a pipe dream. Um, Beal, the Beal conversation has come and gone. Like he want, he wants to be there. He said that a million times. So I, I don't think you're holding out for Beal. So who, who, who are you holding out for? Who's the next star that's suddenly available? I, I, honestly, I don't. I don't know. You know, like it, maybe the Bulls situation doesn't work, and you know they they have to eventually make a decision. I, I don't. I, there's really not. But a they could have. You know what? There's not. That's that's my thing. There's not a lot of great options. Like maybe Levine was maybe in the balance, but then he played out of his mind this year, and they were like, actually, we might have something, and they traded for Vucevic, who's another guy that the Warriors could have made a deal for and chose not to. So I don't really think there's anybody out there right now, man. I don't think there's any immediate name. So, like, it. I don't know if you're a Warriors fan, hit me up. But like, if someone calls you and offers you, I don't know, the Pistons walk into the number one pick. If they call and offer you number one overall, Cade Cunningham, Suggs, whoever you want, Sadiq mm-hmm. Bay, and three future picks are like, are you at all moved by that? Like, it, I mean, I don't think the Pistons would do that. They don't have a timeline for Steph. But, like, if there was a lottery rebuilding team willing to send a bunch of at like do you want to move step I, I think where i'm heading and i'm getting long-winded is like the warriors just might be stuck in the middle and if you want to watch steph play his days out as a warrior and you want to like honor him and honor you know the the main guy that you guys swear by you're jesus if you want if you want to run by that and you want to do that and keep being stands on the timeline you might have to accept that this team isn't great down the line because i just don't know that there's an immediate route for them to go to from from good to great again Look, I, I think we've gotten to the point in the conversation where you, we know what it is. If you know, ultimately, if Steph wants to win it, you know, win another title, uh, as I as I can see it, I think it's not going to be in that uniform. If he's fine, if he's fine riding it out, you know, competing, you know, knocking down threes, making everybody you know like you know, happy in the chase center, that's all good, and I would be happy for Warriors fans if that's the case. But I will say this: while we can't come up with someone right away. If Steph's name actually gets put in the conversation, other you know teams will make stuff work. Teams, oh for sure, yeah, yeah. So, There'll be a lot of package. I, I would imagine Oklahoma City and New Orleans would offer a lot of those picks they built up, as they but, should. But what else would you get with him? Because like that, that at Steph's age, that's going to be what 34, 35? Mm-hmm. He's going to be thirty four next. Year. Like I mean, you're just like no one's pa- sending you Zion. I don't no, even think I'd you're love, getting. I'd love to see him play alongside Zion. Yeah, I, I don't think you're getting Shea either from from OKC. Not that you wouldn't trade Shea for Steph straight up. Like obviously Steph's way better, but with the age gap, they're like, where are we if we trade for Steph and we drop Shea in a bunch of picks? Like, yeah, we're nowhere. Yeah, you're, right? you're, you're, it's not going to be that type of deal. But like, go back to the New Orleans situation. That is a situation. That is a situation where they could put a, a deal together and still be very good, or actually, and be very good. Excuse me. 
yeah, there's potential there. I, I think, though, I just wonder, like, okay, do you think the L.A. Steph thing has any actual legs? No, I don't. Win, I mean, win, wish, wish, win wishful horse. thinking. Look, wishful thinking, of course, it would be awesome. But, yeah, I, 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 it's one of those where I'll believe in when I see it. But the, the thing is, like, the only way that an L.A. Steph deal works is if, if A.D. is going back. And, yeah, and, it, it, and it's with the Lakers, happen. Would the Lakers really sacrifice 10 years to have one year of Steph and LeBron be crazy? I I honestly do not think so. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so either. Like even with all the, you know the uh, the durability issues, it just it feels crazy to give, you know, the eighth best player in the league for the third best player in the league when they're seven years apart in age. It just seems nuts. Especially when Especially, durability is still is is a concern on both sides. Yeah, and and Curry's expiring. Yeah. So, no. I don't know. I, I just I, the Warrior situation is interesting. They have been polarizing for a long time. We saw all the articles about how Wiggins and the pick were the best offer possible for Giannis. And now, you know, like, it's your turn, Warriors fans. Like, get ready this offseason when the articles come about the best offer for Steph Curry is, you know, whatever and whatever. Or why, like, Steph Curry should really force his way to the Knicks and make the next super team or whatever it is. Um, You know, what comes around goes around. But... At the end of the day, like, I don't understand why you're so miserable, man. Like, you've seen how hot, hard I hold that 2011 championship to my chest. Of course. You got to see your team win three times in five years. Like, it, like why don't you ride that? Like, celebrate that. Be good with that. Let that keep you warm. And I, I just don't understand, like, how unhappy they are. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where when you're in the middle of a run like that, I guess you get the feeling that it's never going to end because I—I'll be honest with you—I've had several of those over the course of my life, and that, and this is not—I'm not even saying it like you know, like to mess with you or be a, like or to do a humble brag, but I've had several of those where I thought this is the greatest thing ever, and it's never going to end, and then when it does, it feels—it <laughs> feels atrocious. Uh, fortunately, you know, like I said, I've had multiple. The Warriors—I uh, I guess they look at it like we were terrible for you know, forever. This you know, then we were you know in the conversation with the greatest teams you know to ever play this game, and they're probably just worried about being terrible again, and it, and, and and so I, I guess I get that. But but again, I mean, even if they got to be, t- there's a situation where they can have the number one pick this year, a number five pick, and they could they could walk out of this with like they have, I don't know, Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham, and James Wiseman to start the next era. And again, that shits on. Every other team that's been rebuilding for a decade, like you're, you're in the best position, man. Like, you, you've had it good. You know what? I just last, last I'll say on that is what this, what this tells me is the fan base does not believe in that front office. And I'm not saying that they have to. I'm not saying that you'll, you'll, but it's very clear because if they believed in that in that front office, they be, if they actually believed that they were quote unquote light years, they would not be flipping out right now because of, no, because I, of the scenario that you just laid out. And I think Sam Esfandiari and Andy Liu have, like, very much indoctrinated a large part of that fan base into believing that that front office isn't competent and that Steve Kerr is not a great coach. And you know what? Like, I said some things against that, and Sam came into my DMs and gave me a bit of a tongue lashing. And I was like, okay, fair enough. I'm not in the Bay. I don't know what you know. I can see how some of this stuff with Kerr is frustrating. But I also feel like there have probably been conversations behind closed doors where, like, Hey, Steve, no matter what, don't let Steph get hurt this year. And we don't give mm-hmm. a shit if you win because we know we can't do anything this year and we got more draft picks and Clay come back next year. So I kind of feel like Steve Kerr has been in a somewhat no-win situation. Like, they're not bad enough to tank. Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins are NBA starters. Draymond's an NBA starter. 
they haven't bottomed out like some of these teams that have moved everything they can move for picks. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're not good enough to compete. So I, like, I understand that some of the stuff with James Wiseman and Kerr and like what he's willing to do and not do in the system. I think there's some legit complaints. I just like, what, what was Steve Kerr supposed to do this year? Yeah, I mean, look, people people were always looking to question, you know, how effective he was. Question whether it was his system. Question, you know, the, you know the the, the genius of Kerr. When you have two rough situ, you know, two rough seasons in a row, regardless of what the circumstances are, those people are absolutely going to feel justified and vindicated. You know, the the the, the this you crowd will always do that. I'm not saying I'm and I'm not saying that the, you know these people are not justified in their criticism, of, uh, you know, criticism of him. All I'm saying is sometimes you're just waiting for the opportunity. All right, let's let's transition. Let's go. Yep. ESPN did their top twenty-five under twenty-five. I'm assuming you saw this list. I'll read it for the listeners who haven't. Um, so at one, they had Luca. I'm assuming we're both good on that. Yeah, I'm fine. Two, they that. had Zion. Because because Zion's two, that's why I'm fine with them. You know, with, with it being there. Are you? Would you take Zion over Luca? Man, Zion is really good, and I and you know how I feel about Luca. You know that I think he, you know, like when folks were were questioning him, when folks were hating on him, I was like, hey, you know, let's let's see what this kid can do. And then once we saw it, it was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> everybody can shut the hell up. I don't have a problem with someone if they want to take Zion over Luca, but for me, it's still Luca. I mean, I feel like it's been oddly quiet on Zion this year, and as like a, as a Mavs fan and like seeing being very aware of what Luca's capable of, like. For all the national TV games and all the hoorah, but like they're forcing Zion us on us, like he is having a ridiculous sophomore season. He's averaging 27 points a game, shooting 62% from the floor. <laughs> That's a the, joke. The, the last like 15 games, he's averaging like 31 points a game, shooting 60% from the floor with seven boards and five assists. And they're running the offense like legitimately right through him in the absence of Lonzo and Ingram in a lot of those games. Like he, I thought the hype was excessive. I thought, you know, based on the fact he played 20 whatever games last year, we were getting a little out of hand, but he's, he is, he's, he's doing Shaq like shit at six, seven with an insane motor and the fact that he's not a great jump shooter hasn't even been a factor yet because nobody. He's like the battering ram. He's like that big wolf battering ram in the third mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Like, there's just nothing you can do. He's at the door, and there's no way to block him off. Like, I don't know, man. I, I Honestly, like, beginning of the year, I didn't even think it was a question. I'm like, there is no way I would pass on Luka for Zion because Luka's already that good. But, like, I'm, Zion's <laughs> making a conversation. That's all I'm saying. If Zion just gets an effective jump shot, it doesn't even have to be a three-pointer, but you know, even from the mid-range or a little bit beyond, I my answer would change and will change because I do man, if he's doing this in year 2 and I know that it, it like folks get upset when you start to project and you start to say like, "Oh, you know, like all time." I'm not talking about all time, but what I'm saying is right now, if he's doing this in year 2, I don't think this is you know, this is his ceiling. I do think he can continue, you know, continue to improve and you know, refine his game. You know, the sky really is a limit, man. Like, in fact, I'm going to hate a little bit. I hate that Pelicans fans are getting this because y'all, y'all were punks. And you know what? It's coming up later on. <laughs> I'll save it. <laughs> okay. The Pelicans fans are like, fuck you, Jabari. Um, Lake, I like Lakers it. fan, dickhead. Um, yes. But yes. Yeah. Um, 
No, but like, I, I, I don't know, man. I did not, I did not foresee him being this good. I do wonder though, like everything, all the concerns we have about Giannis in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I can't help but feel all of those concerns also apply to Zion. And then I wonder about like with his body type and the durability issues, like is Luca just not so much safer for what he can do from a skill set perspective? Should they both get hurt? I feel like Zion's so reliant on the athleticism and size. So I, I mean, I, I still think there's good reasons for Luca. I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from Zion. He's been amazing, but I still think there's a couple things that you you wonder about on the periphery. And that's fair, completely. So they had Lamelo third. Did this seem crazy? So here's the thing, man. I, I and sometimes we over adjust. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, you know, if 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 we were not paying attention to someone or we're poo pooing someone, and then they, you know, and then they turn out to be, you know, good to really good, you know, we we want to immediately project them. I don't have a problem with them putting it there because they said it's based on potential. But as you know, like if they were saying like right now, I think that might have been a little bit of you know a little bit quick. Yeah, and it, I mean they, they did. It, it's about like moving forward. You have this player. You know what, when Jason Maples and I did this on the pod, I don't know, six weeks ago, about when we yeah. did this, we both had him top five. Mm-hmm. It feel it feels insane, like, with his with his size. I know he hasn't been great defensively, but, like, I, I think he, I think, I don't think this is crazy. I think he's been that good. Um, he, he was insane before he got hurt. Like, when they mm-hmm. moved him into the starting lineup, I, I, I'm still baffled by, like, the shooting splits. Um internationally versus like in his rookie year because they just don't add up but he, he was ridiculous i mean his the 20 games before he got hurt he was averaging 20 a game six boards six assists and he was shooting 43 percent from three on six threes a night like not two threes <laughs> yeah, six. not one six threes a night 43 percent this is a guy that people were really worried about the shot and like i know it's still a small sample in the grand scheme and it still looks a little wonky but Shit, man, I, I think I don't I don't have any problems with this either. I don't have any problems with this. Yeah, like I said, you know, because it's based on the potential, and you know, I, I can see I can see him projecting you know out to be that good. Absolutely. Okay, so let me read the last, rest of the list, and then as I read it, just give me the guy that you think is a little too high and the guy that you think is a little too low. Okay. Okay, so I got Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. I don't. The ESPN list has Donovan Mitchell at four. I didn't even have him in my top ten. That's Tatum right. at five. De'Aaron Fox at six. Ben Simmons at 7, Devin Booker at 8, Bam Adebayo at 9, 10, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 11, Brandon Ingram, 12, Jalen Brown, 13, Jamal Murray, 14, Michael Porter Jr., 15, Ja Morant, 16, Trey Young, 17, Mikhail Bridges, 18, Demonis Sabonis, 19, Anthony Edwards, 20, DeAndre Ayton, 21, Tyrese Halliburton, 22, John Collins, 23, Jared Allen, 24 Alonzo Ball and 25 Colin Sexton. Was there someone that jumped out at you as too high or too low? Uh, there's two. Uh, Donovan okay. Mitchell. It, Donovan Mitchell's a, a bit high for me. Like, and, and this is the thing. I don't want to take anything away from him. In fact, I've been, you know, I've been, you know, waxing poetic about him this season and and you know, in support of him. But I, you know, what? Maybe I'm just biased. I think Booker is. I think Booker is every bit as good as him. So yeah, Booker being Booker too. being at eight and him being at four, you know, to me that, that you know that's a little bit questionable. Also, it would not shock me if Colin Sexton ends up being better than you know a lot of the people that are you know that are ahead of him on this list. I'm gonna 
I think Garland is going to be a better player than Sexton, who didn't make this list. I could see that as well. So I, I you know, it's inter- I don't know. We'll see, but I think Garland's going to be a better player than Sexton. I, I think Mitchell's too high too. I, I, I don't think, I don't think the gap between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray is substantial. Yeah, like they got him ten spots lower. Yeah, and and like, I don't, you know what? Like Michael Porter Jr. at fourteen feels low. Like he he's an, he's another guy. Like Jokic is going to win MVP. We'll probably talk about that in a minute here. He's going to win MVP. Jamal Murray's a really good player. This is a good team. I'll, I'll take all the flowers on my Aaron Gordon hype, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, like, Michael Porter Jr., okay, not a small sample, last 20 games. 21 points a game, 9 rebounds, 59% from the floor, 52% from three on five attempts, over 20 games. And one of the most improved defenders in the NBA this year, and I'm being completely sincere when I say that. He went from being absolutely unplayable defensively to like passable, which is which is a monster jump. Yeah, it absolutely um, is. He had he had a he had a, he had a Kuzma jump on that side. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, yeah. No, hey Josh, look, I look, I I, I know we went we went back and forth uh, about it the other week, but the truth is, Kyle Kuzma is playing good basketball, and I don't care yeah. if you don't if you don't agree. <laughs> I'm just saying, like at at, at almost 23 years old. Yeah, he's kind of like not getting talked about enough for what he's doing, and I know he's playing next to the MVP and that helps and all that stuff. But like those splits are absolutely ridiculous, and if a six ten guy can shoot like that and be passable on defense, he's going to be an all star for a lot of years. I-, I wouldn't hate to see him higher. I'll put it like this: I think he plays himself in the net top ten, you know, regardless of where he's ranked. And also, my last thing on this list is R- I would R J Barrett not being on this list is kind of crazy to me. You know what? Especially with the sophomore year that he's had. RJ Barrett's been really good. I I don't think people have caught up to the fact that he's been good this year. I think people remember that he had a bad rookie year, which fair enough, but he was on a woeful Knicks team. And he and there were some growing pains, but he's having a legitimately very good season. I, I don't know. I, I think RJ Barrett should be on this list. I, th- I would take RJ Barrett over Anthony Edwards, who is ranked 19 on this list. Is that, uh, is that hot? I it, yeah it's 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 warm it's warm I don't think it's hot but I think Anthony I think Anthony Edwards is going to be special so you know maybe I'm higher on him than you know than others are yeah I don't know I don't know it's it's just interesting that Anthony Edwards is like shooting worse than than R J Barrett did as a rookie but like he's fun and and it's it's a pass but R J Barrett didn't get the same pass as a rookie so I I don't under, I don't understand really what the difference is now. Those two are viewed. And I know Anthony Edwards has some crazy jump out of the gym athleticism. And uh, Barrett's not quite that. But, I mean, as a, as a playmaker and defender, Barrett is, is very far ahead. So, I don't know. I, I don't think that's not that hot. But, again, Edwards was 19 on this list, and, and Barrett didn't make it. So um, Yeah, I, I, I get being disappointed by that because I, yeah, I think Barrett will be a top 25 of the he'll, he'll be He'll be in this conversation. Yeah, he'll be on that yeah, list next year. Bank yeah. on it. Um, MVP. I feel like this is a real, real conversation I had with my fiance yesterday. Mm-hmm. I had a fair bit of money down on Jokic at the beginning of the season, at mm-hmm. plus three thousand in the preseason. Then I doubled down and put a little bit more money down at plus twenty five hundred at Christmas. Jokic's odds now are minus two hundred. <laughs> I almost like I know that this is how gamblers get caught and you shouldn't, but I'm like. 
if I had $10,000 lying around, would it be terrible to throw it down and make five grand um, in a month? It feels closed. Am I wrong? Does it feel closed? It Look, I think Jokic and CP... I look, Jokic is going to win their award. I go, and I'm not just mentioning CP3, you know, like out of respect. I think he deserves to have his name in that same conversation because he's been that special. Uh, but, yeah, Jokic is going to win this award. Like, there's really... <laughs> People get mad and like you know like like they've been saying that you know all the blog boys and all the you know podcasters you know have basically been lobbying for him all year. Well, while that may be while they may that may be true, the truth of it, the truth is he's been the best player for what's going to end up being one of the best teams for an entire season. And he's and he and knock on wood, and he stayed healthy when well a lot of the other people just simply weren't able to. There there are just no knocks against him. There's just no – like, he was in the mix all year. Like, yeah, Embiid might have been the favorite for a while or LeBron, but he was always in that mix for the first 10 games of the year when the Nuggets weren't good and they were, like, 3-7 and seven or 4-6 and six or whatever they were to start the year. Um, his numbers were off the charts, and people were like, as soon as the Nuggets are, are winning, he's the MVP favorite. We can't give it to him because his team's not playing great, but as soon as that happens, we're going to give it to him. Like, that was the conversation that I remember. LeBron has gone out. He's played 20 more games than Joel Embiid. I don't know if you care about advanced stats or not, but he leads everybody in player efficiency rating, blocks plus minus, warp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He leads every advanced statistic you can think of. Jokic is, is out in front. His team is like, I don't know, 12-1 and one or 13-2 or, or something over the last 15 games. Like, they've been nuts. They win, 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 win. I think they have the longest win streak in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah, man, I, I, and like Harden, like there's the Harden situation where like he was surging, but that Brooklyn forcing his way to Brooklyn, and now he's missing some time. LeBron missed time, Embiid missed time. Nobody wants to give it to Giannis for the third time around. I think unless Jokic hurt himself, he's a lock. I yeah. can't see it. And, yeah, I, and Chris Paul's had an amazing season, but like has he been significantly better than Devin Booker? Uh, honestly, Suns fans would tell you yes. Yeah, look, Booker's the guy. You know, they're going to need Booker to be the guy in the play in the playoffs. But honestly, over the course of this season, Chris Paul's influence as well as his play has been that has been that significant. I I agree. I think he's been the best player for that team. But like, I think it's a one A one B situation, mm. not a one two. That is fair. That is fair. Yeah. And like same like someone was trying to tell me it was Donovan Mitchell. I promise you, Donovan Mitchell is is not winning MVP. Like no. Half the world thinks Gobert is their best player. A third of the world thinks Conley's been better than him this year. The fact that you can even have that conversation, he's out. Like yeah. Guys just don't win in that situation. Dame was the only guy I thought the last month who had a chance, and the Blazers needed to go crazy and rip off a ton of wins because, you know, it's not that close otherwise, and mm-hmm. they haven't done that. They've been a 500 team the last month, so no. What about, um, what about folks that say Kawhi? Again, I, I think, like, Jokic has probably played, what, 10 more games than Kawhi? Mm-hmm. And their record is, what, the same? I guess they're a couple wins back, but they have the same record. I don't know. I, I think I don't think so. I don't, th- yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I feel like Jokic at this point in the season feels as close to a lock as we could have. Yeah, look, if I had a vote, I would vote for him. I also, if I were, if I were a gambling man, I would bet on it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna do something crazy because you never want to get burned. But I'm just saying, if I was in a, a position of just a touch more privilege, um, <laughs> and had a little bit more in the bank, 
I would feel very safe about putting what I could put down on Jokic right now. It's <laughs> about the safest I, I could feel a month out. Yeah, man, I don't want you to – I'd look. <laughs> the worst possible thing in the world would be the, for you to say, you know, finish this conversation and then say, you know what, F it, I'm doing it. And then something catastrophic happens. So the, honestly, maybe just t- you know, t- take the win as you got it. Well, the, the thing that's crazy, though, too, is like you see stuff all the time, like Bovada, Bodog. Um, I think Rovell tweets them out sometimes like, oh, mm-hmm. I better just put a million dollars down on this. If you had a million dollars laying around right now that you would you wouldn't miss it. You you could make five hundred thousand dollars in a month putting it on Jokic. I mean, just saying, like that's yeah. a significant, <laughs> that's a significant that chunk is, of change. It is. It is. I, I I don't you know honestly I don't understand the life that that any of these folks are living where you just say you can have the statement if you have a million dollars just sitting around that you wouldn't miss. I don't know if there's someone listening who is in that position. Hit me up because uh, we, we should we should we should connect, my dude. We should connect. I shouldn't say dude. I shouldn't assume. We should connect, my human. We should connect. There you are. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna take a break. Hear a word from our friends, and we'll be back. Okay, so second half of the pod. I want to start just quickly. We'll do what are you binging at the start so I can talk about Silicon Valley. And then we're going to give some shouts to some follows that we enjoy um, generally and in the Eastern Conference in the next episode. We'll do Western Conference. So, Jabari, what have you been binging? Honestly, mo- mainly basketball, but, you know, one of my old favorites, Bosch. I, I recognize, I, you know, I cycle through shows and recycle them over and over again, but there's something to it, you know, like you know, the, you know, the cop drama, especially based in L.A., that does it for me. And so I'm, I'm on another rewatch. What about you? Um, I, I pushed through in the last month every episode of Silicon Valley. <laughs> and, man, I, like... Other than basketball, I think that's pretty much the only show I've been watching. I'm mm-hmm. still like slowly picking away at Star Wars Rebels, like one a night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, the first season of Silicon Valley was very rewarding. Like, and it was a lot of fun. And and T.J. Miller's Ehrlich Bachman is a fantastic character. The <laughs> Guilfoyle Dinesh dynamic was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared slash Donald is a very fun character. I was like, this is great. The only character who sucks is Richard. It's a lot of fun. And, and it was a rewarding first season. And then the next four seasons, it's the same shit. Like, they start to get ahead a little bit. Something goes wrong. They got to start over at the house. Something yep. gets ahead. That whole Gavin Belson, Richard Hendricks dynamic was wasted Ridiculous. screen time. Ridiculous. Like, when T.J. Miller left the show, it was just, like, painfully, painfully aware about, like, how much he added. And, like, the loss of the Jin Yang and him dynamic sucked, too. Mm. Um but like I thought like the show would end with them like making their company and things going well. And it ends with Richard eating some humble pie and them failing in the like oh my <laughs> Look, this is a reality. You know those pic, you know, you know where it's like the picture of like the beautiful horse, and then it, you, uh, they keep going, and it ends up being like a stick figure, like uh, you know, terrible drawing. Yes, that, yeah. that's what it was. It started off perfectly. It started off perfectly. I thought it was going to be a, a like a great show, and like you, from season two on, I said, "Well, what is this?" Like, it, it, in fact, I didn't even watch. I don't. I'm pretty sure I didn't watch season four. It yeah, I, honestly, it's just straight downhill after season one. I I when I tweeted about people were like, oh yeah, I love that show. The first season is art. Like nobody told me that I had the Dexter final season. 
<laughs> if if I knew, honestly, like, don't ever watch Dexter, don't ever watch Silicon Valley, or if you do, stop early because it'll ruin it for you. But I honestly think, like, if you're like me, it's really hard not to finish a show. You got to see it through. Don't mm-hmm. watch shows that end like that. It's just a waste of however many hours you put in. Like, honestly, so I was so genuinely unfulfilled last night. I was I was I was real upset, man. I was real upset. I was like, what a waste of forty hours. Well, yeah, because you feel like you dedicated that much of your time. You're, 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 you're tweeting about it. You're talking to others about it. And then he's like, oh, but it sucks at the end? Oh, okay. Oh, no. So sucky. So sucky. Unbelievable. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, very disappointing. It's too bad. Like, I, again, there is some very witty banter throughout the show. I do understand that the tech world is hard and the ups and downs is probably part, part of starting a company in the tech world. But, man, it was just a very unfulfilling felt like a very rushed ending even though the middle three seasons were so like dull and then yeah very very disappointing sad sadness in my heart over that whole situation if you were i know we don't do it for shows but if you were giving it out of 100 what would you give it <sighs> the first season was like an 80 mm-hmm. first season was like an 80 out of 100 on the whole the show now is like a 55 it, 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 it will fade into my memory and I'll never watch it again. It, yeah, so. it's not going to be a rewatch. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's do some of the followers. Okay. All right. So did you have a couple you wanted to rip off that aren't really like team related before we got going? No, no, let's just go ahead and let's go, go through. Okay, let me let me fire a couple out just because I had a few at the top here. Because um, like I, I don't associate them with, with any one team, but like um, at Tyler I am. And at mm-hmm. Dragonfly Jones, mm-hmm. um, remain to me. I think like the top two accounts on NBA Twitter in terms of like they tweet funny stuff. Oh, and here's the thing: that the rationale for this list. Um, what is a good NBA Twitter follow to you? Let's do that because I don't want to be like really generic and we just throw out some names. But like, when you think of a good Twitter follow, what what about that makes them a good follow? For me, it's like if, if like, you know, information is your thing, like if you're a team guy or whatever, you know, like and you're just like consistent and, you know, you engage with you engage with your other followers. I can appreciate that. But really, I'm I'm in it for the jokes, man. I'm, I'm here for you. So our list may look, you know, may look completely different specifically because of that, because I, you know, I want the jokes like so, you know, King Josiah 54. I know I know he, you know, you know he, he's a timeline terrorist. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for me, that's the funniest account out there still to the. You know, still to this day, I do appreciate Tyler. I am. I do appreciate Dragonfly Jones as well. I got another one coming up later on that you know it, it, we may have had a turnaround. Uh, the, the three of us, uh, you know, coming together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, spoiler. I know that. Is. Um, but yeah, I'll just say like just generally like Tyler and Drake. Whenever people were like, who would be king of NBA Twitter? I always think of Tyler and Dragonfly. Like they have huge audiences. They're willing to interact with their audiences, which I think is huge. Like, Mashable put out an NBA Twitter list, if some of you saw it, didn't see it. And, like, some of the names on there add nothing to your Twitter experience. Like, no no shade intended to Bill Simmons, but, like, if Bill Simmons was never on Twitter, that would yeah. never, You're wouldn't impact anything. anybody's life. Like, all of his stuff is still in your podcast feed. All of the Ringer people can tweet their own work. Like, he, he doesn't add anything to the day-to-day. He doesn't have any unique insight on the team that's, that he shares in the timeline. He's not funny on the timeline. He doesn't interact with fans, so... I don't really get that aspect for me. It's like you got to be willing to interact with people. You got to be active on Twitter. You got to want to love basketball, be tweeting when you're watching basketball. That's kind of the stuff I thought about. Um, so, yeah, I had Tyler I am, Dragonfly Jones. Two guys who I like really like check my opinion for 
mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I feel this. Some of the few people who I'm like, I wonder how they feel. Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Connor NBA, who is at the ringer, and LG35, Ben Taylor, who, who are two guys I kind of do a gut check with. And then my last like general guy before we start teams is Keith Smith NBA. Been on the show a bunch of times. Um, just a tier below the big newsbreakers. Like he does have a ton of sources. He is well plugged in. Very approachable. Very nice guy. I think that's an underrated. Like not being a dickhead on Twitter is also important. Yeah, I I agree. You know, Keith is a fantastic guy. And it, also for the audience, full disclosure, I had a you know fleshed out list. Unfortunately, you know, like the old you know the old fart that I am, I wrote it down on paper and left that paper at my job. So, so no disrespect to you know, all of my followers. You know that I'm going to forget. And you know, obviously, you know, I still got love for you. But also, like too, like I mean, some of the teams I have one name. Some of them I have like four. Yeah. But like. I, I could sit down and do 15 names per team. Easily. But, like, I, it was just, like, you know, quick who came to the top of my mind. Um, that was sort of where we were going for. It wasn't, like, let's flush this out and make sure we have eight people from, you know. So just wanted to shoot some love. Like, if, if you're looking for some more good basketball follows, just get some quick words in some of these guys. So I kind of go um, alphabetical here. So who do you have for Atlanta? Uh, I got my guy Lane Green. Anybody that is a uh, you know that's followed him for a while or followed me for a while, like you know, we used to we used to be writing part you know partners. We both worked for USA Today together. Really good guy. He's pretty even keel, uh, but he's also straight up and you know and, and real about the, <laughs> about his hawks. So at what? Lane Green, Lane, Lane's a great dude. I haven't seen him in a minute though. I can't remember hey, the last time I I talked to Lane. Yeah, he hasn't been as active. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's a it's a life situation, but he's still around. Sure, yeah. Lang is great people though. Um, yeah, so I got um, at BT Roland, um, so Brad Roland, who I think I, I I tried not to take someone who was like, oh, this guy. Like I'm I'm not taking the athletic writer, or the ringer writer related yeah. to that team every time. Like if if you know them, I tried not to like throw too many of the big names. He's pretty well known for the Hawks, but he's he's like the first guy I think of when I want to talk about the Hawks. So Brad Roland, and then Hawks draft nerd, um, who's Simon Rath, and does a good job covering the Hawks, and again, is reachable, and will discuss things with you on the timeline. Um, so those are my two for Atlanta. What about Boston? <laughs> At Snotty Dripping. At Snotty Dripping. Look, for the listeners out there, uh, I think we've even you know, kind of like, we have, whether, whether we address it or we alluded to it on the show. Look, Josh and Josh and Snotty didn't like each other for quite some time. I don't know if they're ever going to be best of, you know best of best friends. I don't know if they're going to be invite one another to you know to, to weddings or anything like that. But it is good to see two big pre, you know large presences uh, you know from NBA Twitter you know kind of return to the fold. So Snotty and then also my guy at Shaw Sports, uh, you know Warren Shaw. He and Cal they do a fantastic job with the NBA baseline uh, you know he, he, he does some heat talk as well but you know he's a Celtics fan at heart deep down and, and, a, and a very good guy you know what like really quickly on the snotty thing like there's a lot of history there yeah. and I, I feel like people um, when we had our falling out and it was like really big Twitter drama for like a month mm-hmm. or a year however long people keep wanting to tweet tweet me every time that guy said something about me long after we blocked each other um, yeah. It went on for a long time. It was like a very long war, but like we were actually like the first place I ever blogged for um, that wasn't like my own WordPress account. Mm-hmm. Snotty was there. We did like fifty podcast episodes together. Like we we <laughs> we had like a lot of history. He just runs a little hot, 
and then I got my backup, and it was just not good. I'm I'm glad that we brokered somewhat of a piece though, because like I just like me, I think you know I I enjoyed that he would just post random questions out to the timeline, and that's mm-hmm. fun, and that's what I try to do a lot of the time. So I'm glad that we're cool, so we can interact with each other in like a normal way again. So I'm I'm glad it's cool, but yeah, that it's not just like one day we decided we hate each other. There's like a lot. There's a lot of stuff there. So that that's all yeah. I'm gonna say on that. Yeah, oh no, I, I I do that, but you know, I oh I, no, I know, but I I, know I, I, I didn't know how deeply you want. Yeah, I got you. Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had uh, at stool underscore greeny. Um, I know everyone sees barstool and they're immediately like, eh, and fair enough. But again, very reachable, very funny guy. Talks to Celtics all the time. Um, haven't seen him be a jerk on the timeline. So I'll, I'll throw that, his name out. Really deep shot, Ken Mantia, hmm. at Ken Mantia. He's only got a couple hundred followers, but he's been like a Celtics fan for like 50 years. Um, he's been tweeting me for years, just giving me his thoughts on like current Celtics versus the Bird Celtics. Super nice guy. And at Smarf Wafer, um, Margo, who if you haven't seen my header on Twitter, she did the graphic design for my header. Um, Smarf Water, sorry, S-M-A-R-F-W-A-T-E-R. Does some great graphic design, is a super Celtics fan, really positive. Um, just, yeah, just fun to interact with. Yeah, she, she's a real good follow. I, 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 you know, had no idea about her until you posted you know, about the header, and then I started following. And yeah, no, really good stuff. Sometimes it's fun to have fans that aren't crazy too that you interact with. Yes. Like, <laughs> like hey, you're just a Celtics fan and you, you like basketball, and it's fun to talk to you about that and not be like, well, actually, if you watched the pick and roll defense on this one play, you would see that you were wrong about. No, man, come on. <laughs> Let's just have fun. Um, you, you, you know that's the experience I'm here for. I'm, I'm just yeah. looking to enjoy the game. That's it. Uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> okay. I have um, at Brooklyn's Beat, Justin Salkin, who actually wrote with Snotty and I at Hoops Critic back in the day. Really good Brooklyn follower. Very critical of his own fan base um, and his own team, which I think is good. Um, isn't a homer. A lot of fun. Alex Sturm, Alec underscore Sturm. Who I cannot believe this kid is 16 covering the league. Like when he told me that, I was like, "Wow!" Um, and at Chris Splash. So I got one for you, KD Trey Five. Hands down. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only. That's the only Nets. That's the only Nets you'll handle. I need to follow. And, and you know what? Fair enough. Because shouts to him and shouts to Eddie Gonzalez. Um, shouts to Bansky. Like mm-hmm. the pod they did with Draymond Green this week was great. I see them up on Twitter spaces. Like, give me a player that you, you know, that interacts with the fans more than KD. Uh, you're not going to find one. Yeah. I can't think of it. So I can't hate it. I can't be mad at it. Um, okay, Charlotte. This is a little bit of an obscure one, but this is just like a good dude. At Stateside Ram. He's, you know, he doesn't cover or anything like that. He's, you know, truly, truly a fan of the team. Uh, but, you know, like, I've had, I've had some really positive interactions with him. And you know what? To be honest with you, I, I feel for fans of teams that have always been terrible, and I'm really happy for them when they finally are good. And, you know, so I'm happy for that guy. Are they finally good? Uh, you know, <laughs> look, you know what I mean. Like, look, they're a hell of a lot better than they've been. Yeah, I mean, they're above 500 and they have Lamelo. So things are looking up, no doubt. Um, yeah, I have Nata the Scribe, mm-hmm. at Nata the Scribe, mm-hmm. and I have Maxwell at MXWZY. Both guys I just enjoy talking to um, about the Hornets. 
Maxwell, I didn't really know well um, prior to locker room, but I see him on locker room all the time. And again, like super approachable guy, knows a ton about the Hornets, loves talking sports. So those are generally people like that are the people who made my list. Nice, nice. Um, Chicago. Uh, where are my bulls? Oh, uh, our guy at at number one. As well as you know, for all the reasons you know, he's a, he's a good follow, knowledgeable you know, you know, fan. You know, he gives you you know, music, you know, music talk. You know, he's just a really good follow and seemingly a good dude. And you know what? He's one of the popular accounts. But at Trey Kirby is a is a genuinely funny dude. Is a genuinely sure. funny guy. So, those are my two. Yeah, and and again, I I feel like Trey and I tweet every week. So it's mm-hmm. nice, like your big account. You got time for people on Twitter. You actually want to like follow and talk people. That's what you should be doing. Um, I I had um, it's interesting. Like the Bulls accounts was not one of the ones where like I had fifteen people immediately come to mind. Mm -hmm. But the guy that I did think of right away was Jason Pat at Bulls underscore J, who he's been he's with Clutch Points now, but he's been all over the place writing the last ten years. Um, He again he's one of the few bigger accounts that I think I had because I think a lot of people know him, but. Again, really good guy, easy to talk to, does a great job covering the Bulls. Nice, nice. Okay. I'd, I'd actually have never followed him. Check him out now. Uh, Cleveland. Oh, man, it's Cavs Nada, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely Cavs Nada. Cavs Nada? Cavs Anada. Oh, Cavs Anada. Ca- ca- well, you know what I'm saying. Cavs Anada. man. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what? Like, Justin is like the Gary to my Ash, man. Like, I love him, and I also want to punch him in the knee every time, too. <laughs> it's it's funny because, like, again, like, the things that you see on the timeline is a dance. And, like, Justin is one of the people, like, who I've actually met in in real life multiple times and mm-hmm. shot this shit with. A great guy. But, man, sometimes when he when he sucker punches me, I'm like, you can't do it, your fellow Canadian like that, man. <laughs> that's, that's actually why I started liking him. You know that, right? Remember back in the day, I was like, yeah, I don't really mess with that dude because I didn't really, I didn't know him. And I was like, I, I didn't know, like, is he being serious? Is he joking? And then once, once I saw, I was like, oh, okay, I did, this is performance. This is a performance. And, and, and admittedly, yes. once I saw him dunking on you and you guys going back and forth, I thought, okay, let's give this, let's give this dude a shot. Uh, Justin's a great guy. And and the thing is, like, you don't – part of the, the Twitter when you get to be in bigger account is you have to play, like, this persona. And and he's got to be, like, the sarcastic Canadian who loves the Cavs. Yep. But, like, that is someone I've, I've DM'd about with, like, mental health that I've had a beer with. Like, people aren't always who they are on Twitter, too. So, shouts to Justin. Great guy. Um, his co-host, at Carter underscore Shade. Carter's a great guy, too. Um, and I also have at M not Evan. A.M. Not Evan. Uh, another great Cavs follow. Uh, really easy guy to talk to. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, did you have anything else for Cleveland or no? No, no. That's it. Oh, okay, Detroit. I got one for that, and this is by and, and because I know you're going to cover the other guy. Uh, last last chance. Anybody that you know interacts with my man Lazarus. Uh, great guy, great follow, really knowledgeable about the NBA. Obviously, you know, well, not obviously, you know, he's a big time, you know, Detroit guy. Uh, has a pod, you know, has a pod, you know, writes for, you know, writes about him. Just a really genuine, you know, genuinely good guy. Yeah, he is. He was on my list. I feel like Detroit has the most fans that I like. Doing this exercise, I'm like, I have many accounts, many Detroit basketball fan related accounts that I enjoy talking to. Um, at Duncan Smith NBA, obviously. Yep. Yeah, great guy, very funny, arch enemy of Scout Man. 
Um, <laughs> he, he's a good follow. Um, also, I think he's the EIC at Hoopsadder right now. So, uh, great dude at Nicholas Nicholas Henkel. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know who that is, he's the guy who was on ESPN for showering and drinking a beer after the Pistons won a regular season basketball game. <laughs> Again, very genuine human being, very funny dude. Uh, good follow. Um, Detroit News, Rod Beard. I know he's a beat writer, and I said I wouldn't do that, but, like, again, very good guy. Will talk to you. Isn't a dickhead. Very plugged into the Pistons. And I have at Ku Khalil NBA. And I'm, I'm sorry, there's, like, eight other Pistons accounts that I wanted to mention. Like, honestly, Pistons fans, I guess I like you more than I thought, so. And that is fair. That is fair. By the way, I was yesterday years old when I found out that I was blocked by the scout man. <laughs> oh, really? which is which is hilarious to me because I don't I've never in, interacted with that guy I've never engaged the only engagement that I ever had with him was when he DM'd me his articles and stupid and the stupid links that I was never going to be, you know participate in. It was I don't know I don't I don't want to spend too much time on it. Like, that guy is mentally not not well. That guy I is not agree. That guy's not doing well. So I'm not going to dunk on him too much. But I did see that he he got suspended yesterday and th- there was a time where like I I had my spat with him back and forth. And he, he is, I mean, all the stuff you hear about him, he is what he is. But, like, mm-hmm. I honestly just lost interest in fighting that war against him because I just, something's just not right with that dude. Um, I agree. But anyway. Yeah. Carrying on. Um, Indiana. Oh, for me, it's my guy. Uh, M, it's Mark Schindler. But M, M. Schindler NBA. And, and there are a bunch, you know, you know, you know Alex Golden, uh, my guy Fauci. Uh, but, if, you know, for me, if, I'm, if I want Pacers talk specifically – uh, or any actual general, general NBA talk, it's Mark. Um, okay. I have um, two. I have at Jared underscore Wade, who I know he's not like a direct Pacers guy anymore, but like he does watch the Pacers all the time still. And again, very funny guy. Um, likes to use NBA Twitter, is on here to have a discussion. Um, very important to me. Um, by the way, say I someone, should- Jared? Yeah, Jared. I should have mentioned him as just like the, the the great general accounts. He is he is he is absolutely a fantastic follow. Um, and then my other one is um, at C two underscore Cooper Caitlin Cooper. Caitlin, if you are someone who likes X's and O's and you and you want to like really dig into film and tape and read some like very nuanced, uh, you know, uh, analytic in-depth analysis of basketball Caitlin is is up there like she is one of the best up-and-comers period period nice okay so yeah give her a shout um Milwaukee I cheated I went with Ty because honestly even no no but here's the thing even though yes you know you could say like oh you know you're going with with a teammate he is that good like you know, he mixes in you know plenty of facts, plenty of information, plenty of you know of great analysis with actual feelings and actually you know his, his he you never you, if you if you follow Ty you never think I wonder how he feels about this because he's gonna let you know and I can appreciate that and he's a funny guy. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, I had um, at Kane Pittman, who does a great job covering the Bucks, um, and I have I have Ty's co-host man. His yep. co-host is undersold. Rohan, so at our caddy junior, um, Rohan does a great job of covering the Bucks along with Ty, and right. uh, doesn't have as many follows. So if you already follow Ty, go follow Rohan. It's a good point. Um, Absolutely a good point. Uh, New York. Oh, it's my guy Cal Maggio. 
I don't know if you oh, follow. Oh, so I have two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah there you go. I was, I was going to say I don't know if you follow him, but if you don't, you're making a mistake. Absolutely hilarious. You know, all types of all types of good content. Um, all, uh, one of those true fans that's going to you know, tell tell the truth about his team, and you know, but also you know, kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, which I always appreciate. Yeah, I mean, he he's. Uh, I would very much consider him more of like a Knicks fan than a Knicks analyst. Like he he loves his team. He mm-hmm. falls into some of those things that we do when we love our team. But like very genuine dude, um, and we have bonded over our mutual love of R.J. Barrett and hate over people who <laughs> denounced him initially. So, yeah, I had Kyle too, and I also have Sue York at Sue York underscore one zero two three, who again a fan I enjoy interacting with, who I don't feel is always yelling at me to like like their team more. Um, so yeah, shouts to Sue. Good stuff. Uh, we got four left, Orlando. Oh, you know who it is. It's a guy named John, former, <laughs> formerly, you know, the, the John DeLorean, great guy. You know, he's been on this show. Uh, you know, he's got his own show, you know, which I've been on. Or he's got several shows. He does all types of different things. A well balanced fan, and that's and, yes. and and that's the you know that's the greatest compliment that I can give. Yes, I had him too. I knew you would have him. Um, I have another well balanced fan from the Magic at Genie Hedgenauer. H-E-G-E-N-A-U-E-R. I think we followed each other for like almost as long as I've been on here. She loves the magic. She's not crazy. She's fun to talk about the magic with. She'll tell you team players on her team aren't good. She'll tell you players on her team are good, and she won't get mad at you if you're somewhere in the middle. So, again, rational conversation is a win. Also, uh, at Philip R-R underscore O-M-D does a great job covering the magic. Nice. Good stuff. Philly. Philly? Oh, man. At Sixers player, uh, I you know honestly I don't remember when I started following this dude because I feel like he used to actually cover like whether it was with a blog or you know or, or some site or whatnot. But now he's just you know he just plays it out as a fan, but st- still a very good follow. Uh, and our guy at San Shander Show Aton, uh, you know I haven't really been on a show you know like of late. I don't know if you have, but you know it, th- that's actually one of the more fun appearances you know that you know, that you're gonna have. Uh, whether it's his gambling show or his, or his straight up his three man booth, uh, and he's also a really good follow. Yeah, I gotta say, like Philly fans are like some of my least favorite in general. Like, I, and <laughs> it might be the cowboy. It might be the Cowboys Eagles intersect. And like, uh, I remember. Do you remember as a kid, like Sports Illustrated did that poll? It's like worst fans in in oh, yeah. North American pro sports, and mm-hmm. Eagles won like five times in a row. There might be a correlation there. I don't know. Um, but but there are a few good ones. And I'm going to shout out Kyle Newbeck, um, N-E-U-B-E-C-K, because I think Kyle Newbeck is, is arguably the best beat writer in the game. So okay. I'm, I'm going to give him a shout. And then um, at Brian Toporek, B-T-O-P-O-R-E-K, just a really nice guy, not the type of guy you think of when you think of a Philly sports fan. So good dude. Oh, I, I, you know what? On that note, I will give some. I give us some love to uh, one of those other types of fans that I actually appreciate, Dennis Glade. I, it, it's been it's been a down couple years for my man, but uh, you know, you know, with Philly finally being good, I'm happy for you, bro. Fair enough. Um, okay, Toronto. This is the one where I actually had to shave it down, but let's just go off and quickly say Julie Jays, a great fan, you know, great follow. If anybody, you know, if you interact with her, you'll see. Uh, at low underscore Jeff. In fact, I think I, I think he came from you. Uh, you know, when, when we got together, he started interacting with me. Uh, I, I've been, I've appreciated our interactions, and of course, our guy E 
uh, just E. Baharani, I think, and forgive me if I butchered it, but I think I got it right. Another great follow, great content, very entertaining. Uh, Jeff Lowe? Jeff D. Lowe? Yeah. Hold on. He's a Cavs fan. I don't. I think maybe you got that mixed up. That runs the movie podcast or Barstool? No, 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 not him. Okay, um, I think we're. I think I've crossed on this. Um, yeah, Toronto was another one that I had a lot of people for. I mean, just being Canadian, being around some of these guys. Um, not that I live in Toronto and Calgary and Toronto are not the same thing, so don't hit me with that. But anyways, um, at WTEVS, Katie Heindel does a great job, has a great podcast. Um, C-Rat Sohi, who C-Rat mm-hmm. shouts to a fellow Albertan. She is the only other Albertan I can name on the pro basketball scene. So shouts to C-Rat, forever love her. I don't, she's with Yahoo now, so I don't know if she really counts herself as a Raptors person, but I think that's where people associate her with most. Um, yeah, my guy S, and I think it's Barrett Henney, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, great dude. Um, Blake Murphy, ODC, um, with, with The Athletic, but again, before The Athletic, he was with Raptors Republic, did a great job of getting a lot of the Raptors bloggers on the scene. And at Walder Sports, who he was with The Score. I think he hosts his own podcast now. Um, you probably know him as the guy on Twitter who always posts the Raptors record with two random Raptors players. He, he's uh, he's yes. a nice guy as well. Yes. So, I mean, that was that was my short list, but I could have gone long on Toronto too. By the way, the guy, that, I wanted to make sure to get it right. It is at low underscore Jeff. He's a Raptors fan for sure. His his picture is a Raptors. He's got Raptors in his, in his deal, and he definitely came from an inter, you know, our interactions. But either way, good guy. At low Jeff. I don't know why I can't picture the handle right now. It's not coming up for me. I don't know. Next. Anyway, um, Washington. Becca MVP, uh, definitely more of on the fan side, but puts out good content. And honestly, she keep you know, she keeps the timeline you know active you know pretty much you know all throughout the day. And my guy at Joe Cordosa or excuse me Joe Cordoso, really good guy. Uh, he's the guy behind Nuts and Bolts Sports. Okay, um, yeah, I had Becca too. Uh, again, Becca's easy to talk to. She seems mm-hmm. very genuine. Like. Follow me, support me, I'll follow you and support you. Yep. Um, good person. Can't have enough good people to interact with, honestly. I have at Mike D. Sykes, um, mm-hmm. who is a suffering Wizards fan as well. Does a lot of other things. If you love uh, basketball, shoes, kicks, he's, he's your guy. Um, and then another one of my, other than Ken Mantia, this might be my deepest cut, but at Nick underscore argue, A-R-G-U-E, super Wizards fan, watches every single game. Very, very emotional. Rides the roller coaster with the team. Hates them, loves them. But uh, if there's someone who I'm like, I wonder. I haven't seen many Wizards tweets. I've been watching the game. I know that Nick is always watching the game, so he is my last shout, I guess today. Uh, Mike Sykes is a very good one. I, I actually disappointed myself for forgetting him, so that's going to make me say, even though it's a big account, Clinton Yates. Really good guy, really great follow, and you know, diehard Wizards and you know, all of a you know, a Washington sports fan. Yeah, Clinton, Clinton Yates really needed a Dunkson Discourse show, isn't he? With like TV, <laughs> regular TV um, guest, recurring ESPN guest, featured at the Washington Post, ESPN, the undefeated. Yeah, Clinton that could, shouts. That- 
That Clinton Yates, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you want to shout Bomani too? You know, another guy, I don't know if you know him, Bomani Jones. <laughs> I, I would bet you any kind of money there are people that do not know who the hell Clinton Yates is, even though all of that stuff is true. No, I, I know. I'm just busting your balls. <laughs> anyway, um, that was the East. Um, we'll do the West, and uh, I think some guys that we appreciate covering the draft on the next pod. Um, it was, again, if we didn't mention you, hit us up. Tell me, I, I forgot your name, but honestly, like, there are so many good people out there. I just wanted to give a few shouts, some good vibes. This wasn't about covering everyone who's good for every team. It was just, just showing a bit of love to people we appreciate on the timeline. That's all. Absolutely. And so with that, before we wrap up here, Jabari, there is a little bit of news. Um, so Dunks and Discourse, continuing. We're, we're, not, we're not shuttering the pod. That's not the news. Um, we are going to be moving on from Blue Wire, though. So we are gonna make a, we're gonna make a change. We'll have more news on that in the coming weeks. Shouldn't interrupt your feed. Our, our pod will keep coming to you. We're gonna stay with them uh, up until the end of the month. Uh, but you know, we looked at the we looked at the contract and we just made a decision that we were gonna do something different. So there's some more news coming on that in the in the next few weeks. But uh, just be the same podcast. We're keeping the name. We're keeping the feed. Jabbar, anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to be cryptic and say like, yeah, you know, stay tuned, stay tuned. But definitely some exciting things on the horizon, and you know, more importantly than anything, we'll still be, you know, we'll still be available, at, you know, through the same feed. You won't even have to click a different link. Yeah. So just just a little bit of small news there, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>